0: Welcome, everybody, to Ultimate Despair Reprise, a Danganronpa recap podcast going through the entire Danganronpa franchise one murder at a time. I am your ultimate host, Kyrie, and I am joined, as always, by... I'm a chitter for
1: uncle, um, ultimate, uh, ultimate podcaster.
2: I'm, uh, Jackie Platinum, and I forgot the roll call order.
1: Hi,
3: I'm Inez, and I'm the ultimate really bad at rhythm gameser.
0: Yeah, you gotta, listen, when you go to court, that's what they have you do, you know, is that they bust out a DDR pad, and, um, whenever you're giving your testimony, you gotta hit that shit. Guess I'm going to prison. Yep. All right, well, everybody, today's homework was the investigation and trial of chapter one of Trigger Happy Havoc, Trigger Happy Havoc. Dangan Rampa, um, and who boy, what a case! Like last time, we last time on this, we left off with Sayaka dead in our bathroom, and that that wasn't great. That wasn't really a
2: good feeling. I, wait, wait, she's dead. I thought she was just napping. I thought she was just all tuckered out from trying to paint the walls pink with that knife, with that prop knife. You know.
0: Yeah. You ever paint, you ever paint with, painting with a knife is Yeah, it's just, it it's like out. trying to
2: paint with like a spackle brush, except way harder.
0: Yeah.
3: Hey, Jackie, I've got some bad things to tell you.
2: Oh, jeez.
3: That was a plaster knife. She was, she was using the wrong tool.
2: Oh, goddammit, Sayaka. Sayaka doesn't know how to fix, it. yeah, Sayaka doesn't know how to fix the fucking <laughs> Goddamn it, Sayaka. Alright, listen, this is why, this is why we get, this is why. This is why we didn't give you the tools. That and strict sexism.
0: Jennifer, uh, tell us kind of what happens after we immediately find the body so that we can get the show on the road.
2: Okay, so Makoto is so
1: shocked from this that he passes right out. And uh, he's dragged to the gym, I believe, where everyone else is hanging out. And um, essentially, they kind of go over okay, now that the person's dead, what happens next? Samankum is like, oh yeah, we have to kind of investigate that. So, he explains the class trial situation where once someone does a murder, um, they have to... A, a class trial takes place after a quick investigation, and um, if, the person, if the person gets away with it, they get to go and everyone else dies. If They don't get away with it. Um,
2: They are
0: executed. Exactly. Uh, I I really liked that you have, like, Monokuma basically going, well, you know, society has rules, and we can't just have people killing each other willy-nilly. We need to have a system in place to determine who did what. And that's when he announces the trial, and um, that's when you see some people getting very visibly freaked out of like oh shit.
2: Yeah. I I I really like how the trial mechanic was very explicitly and very intentionally introduced after the murder takes place. Like if we are looking from the perspective of the murderer, um this motherfucker did this thought he would be getting away like scot free, just do the murder and walk right on out the front door. And Not quite the case. Well, that very clearly does not happen. Like, we we go through... I mean, we've we've all played through the case. We know what happens. That is, like, the exact opposite of how it goes down. Yeah.
0: But there is a... uh, Someone does object to the whole trial system. Miss Junko Inoshima.
2: Oh, yeah. Junkers. Yeah. Yeah, she... She, um, this so Junko. Is, this is where I start really...
0: playing a mini version of in The Arms of an Angel because, man, Junko. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, rest in peace, so Junko. So long, She's sweet angel. Fucking... She, she like, stomps on Monokuma and just eats shit immediately. Like, there is, uh, there is, like, you know, no. There is very little pomp and circumstance to it. Just, like, Monokuma just goes, oh, well, fuck you. Hey, idiot, stomp on me again. You violated rule number fuck you. Go die now. The spears of Gungria <laughs> Yeah, the Spears yeah. of Gungir, that was that wasn't that was not a good time. Um it, also it, it, it did it
3: did feel kind of weird though since wasn't she the one who told who told Bondo to put that thing to put uh that bear down?
1: Cause it was beeping. It was beeping, so someone. Need... Everyone was like, "Hey, was, you gotta throw um, that thing."
2: That was Kirigiri, not yeah. That was oh, Kirigiri okay. who told. Yeah, Junko so far has been portrayed as very much a, a kind, of, kind of not not like an airhead, but very much like a normal kid. Well, I, I... Uh, except for except for one thing that she said that while she was dying that really had me like wait, hold the fucking phone here. Um, she said, you know, this wasn't supposed to, and I was thinking like. And she died as she died. And I was thinking, well, that's fucking suspicious. Yeah. Fucking excuse me. I, I kind of,
0: um, since (laughs) Jen and I kind of know where this goes, uh, and as a Jackie, I kind of want to hear your theory as to why Junko said that, because it is very weird
2: choice of words. Yeah. Like what does she mean? This wasn't supposed to like, I get it. Could, there's, there's a very real possibility. It could just be like a thing she says as she's dying. Like, Oh, I wasn't supposed to die here, not like this. But like, it very much seemed more like, oh, hey, I thought we had a deal, you rat bastard. Um, and I was thinking like maybe she had cut a, de- maybe she had thought to cut a deal with Monokuma before actually do going about doing the thing. And, uh, she the idea would be like, oh yeah, you know, maybe I get preferential treatment because I will like. I will help you induce despair. I will facilitate, you know, I will facilitate these murders. I will act as an accomplice. I will do all this stupid bullshit and you will, as a, like, for your entertainment, and you will let me out with the murderer.
0: Uh, And as, what were your uh, thoughts?
3: Um, I kind of forgot about that line. I I just thought it was... Kind of strange that she would immediately attack Monokuma when it, it it was very clear the last time that the last time anyone tried to attack Banakuma he exploded
2: i don't think i don't think it was i don't think she thought it was an attack. I think it was like like grabbing him threateningly is very much a thing, but she kind of just like i kind of interpreted it as she just kind of like he kind of like she kind of nudged him over and then like you know. Well, we do get that like, one squeeze angle. him a little bit. We do get that one angle. We do get didn't... the femdom angle, which I, which is, which I very much appreciated.
0: Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, she gets, she gets uh, swissed with the spears again. Yeah, there. Junkers,
2: Junkers becomes an ex Junkers like pretty much immediately.
0: Yeah, which I really like because it really does set this tone of one like we've known for a while that Monokuma isn't fucking around. This absolutely cements that Monokuma is not fucking around, you know.
2: Yeah, Monokuma will end your shit. Like you, you like Monokuma is to these students what Makoto Naegi is to the birds. <laughs> the ender, Jed. What do you? What do you? The think? fucking ender of shit.
0: Yeah,
1: and I think I feel like it also um, it also leaves the player a bit unguarded because. I imagine when you're when you're playing this for the first time, you're thinking, oh, it's probably going to be a murder and a suspect in every single chapter. But no, people could just get fucking killed in the middle of a chapter. Yeah, and I
0: love that it's in the very first chapter of the very first game, because it does not allow you to establish a pattern that you could follow. It's just sort of like, nah, people can die, and shit is going to happen. So this is around the point in which Hagakure actually realizes that this isn't one very complex hazing ritual, uh, and subsequently just loses his mind.
2: Yeah, uh, Hagakure kind of goes apeshit. He,
0: uh, I, I do like the line in which he basically starts praying to random gods from random like pantheons, just, um, calling for anybody who might be able to help him out.
2: Yeah, he, um, I, it felt more farcical than actually like you know gut wrenching, which I guess is okay. Haku Curry seems to be kind of the comic relief, which I don't super know how well that's sitting with me. I think he, I think it's all right. It seems, but it seems very. Um, I'm I'm worried about it being gush, like kind of like a little bit much. That said, this yeah, like that said, like like I. Like I joked about him being like fucking shaggy in this like serious horror drama, um. But I'm kind of I hope he doesn't turn out to be like that. I hope that there's more depth explored with this character. Um. But that said, this 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 chapter actually, uh, this deadly life bit was actually pretty satisfying. Yeah. Uh, except for the gameplay aspects, which we'll get into later. <laughs> uh, I did not enjoy them. Well, well. yeah, we'll kind of get into that.
0: Um. So. After uh Junko is, you know, kinda dealt with is like left- After
2: Junker's beefs it. Yep.
0: Uh it it it's kind of one of those things where after that you get the thing that fl- flashes on the screen and says investigation begins. And this is the part in which um if you've ever played any sort of ace attorney game or any other type of detective game, this is the going around looking for clues bit. It's
1: important to note first that um When they get the- as soon as they get the Monokuma file, and, uh, it mentions that, uh, the body was found in Makoto's room, the atmosphere of everything immediately shifts.
3: Oh, yeah, it's so Oh, yeah, you could-
2: it was fucking palpable, like-
3: Yeah, the, the Monokuma file is such an incredible complication.
0: tell us a little bit more about that scene.
1: So, Monokuma decides that since these are all high school students and not- professional CSI investigators um, he has to give them some information about the situation and that's the Monokuma file and it gives you a forensics report uh, mentioning various details like time of death, uh, condition of body and things like that and as as people are reading through it one of them mentions, hey wait a minute this seems to be, have happened in this person's room and everyone automatically starts suspecting and uh aside from some people outright saying okay this trial is going to be super easy uh the others the others quickly take control of the crime scene and don't want anything to do with makoto like they all run off on their own directions and uh
2: yeah everybody pretty quickly goes you know hey makoto uh keep your distance all right and i really loved that i thought that that was pretty uh It was a pretty, it was pretty good because like, prior to that, it seemed like people were getting a little too buddy-buddy with him. Like, they were surprisingly open for people who kind of accepted the situation, who kind of were either like, you know, who were coming out of denial of their situation. Like, Celestia was the only person during the first, like, free time event when I was talking with her, who actually seemed to understand, hey, we're all gonna fucking die. Um... And most of the, and like, you know, with the actual murder happening, I think Makoto is the fir- is the, like, the perfect person to pin it on, because he is a extremely non-threatening twink, and I don't even <laughs> know if he counts as twink, he looks like a little, he looks like a fucking small-ass child. He's a <sighs> literal, he's an
0: extremely non-threatening. He's drawn kid, like, like a twink in the anime, um, I can tell you that.
2: Yeah, oh, he's a very non-threatening twink, he's a very non-threatening, um, extremely, extremely, uh, effet young man, um, and nobody trusts him at this point and i think that's pretty well the people who tr- like even owie is like oh hey yeah <laughs> even Owie's like hey yo what the fuck i don't want to see you with anything sharp near me please don't yeah
3: do that. i i honestly really love the monokuma file just because it it like immediately throws this Paul over over everything it's
2: all tr- it's all true but it's all it's all misleading
3: yeah yeah like 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 I, I, i i really i really like that like it both confirms but also like makes it extremely alarming that someone has been murdered
0: one of my favorite things regarding the monokuma file and they'll do it in this game and they will also do it in other games, is that the Monokuma file will sometimes have incomplete information, because Monokuma is like, well, I don't want to make it too easy.
2: Oh, oh yeah. Monokuma is very uh, very much not interested in you getting the... Tr- like, Monokuma's not here to help. You. He's not here to, like... He doesn't give you this information because he wants you to get the right suspect. He's entirely ambivalent to that. He's in it for he, the drama. He gives, the Im- okay. he gives you the information. Yeah, exactly in it for the drama. He wants to fl- he gives you the information because the entire point of ha- even having the information is oh man, we are going to see some pitched fucking emotions.
3: Here. Yeah, like like he, he even kind of mentions it during the class trial later that like it, that like he he hands out these these pieces of information which are true um and are like and 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 are, like, very much, like, like, the nuggets of
0: information you give out to keep things moving. So, after that, naturally, I think most people did this, I certainly did this, um, we go to the crime scene. Jen, tell us about the crime scene.
1: Okay, so, when you go back into the room, well, you saw a bit of this when you came into it within um, the first half of this chapter, but um, it's cut up with all sorts of knife marks. Um, you find the katana with a lot of its paint missing. Um, you also notice that there doesn't seem to be any hair left. Or at least uh, Kirigiri notices this. Like, not even your hair is in this room.
2: Yeah, Kirigiri kind of does the um, the bolt. Like, Kirigiri really puts the training wheels on for Makoto, uh, because Makoto is a dumb fucking moron
3: yeah like it It, it was like he
2: ve- he straight up asks her when she's looking at the floor like hey did you drop a contact and it's like <laughs> makoto you stupid bitch
3: yeah it, w- it was like honestly kind of weird playing this because like i was definitely very aware that this was like a crime scene that i have to investigate and it it doesn't really sink in for makoto until like he sees the body i think
2: yeah, he's very much, like, I, I guess you could chalk it up to him being in shock.
3: Yeah, like, he, like I think, I, I think, like, what the work is very much going for is that, like, Makoto has kind of mentally discounted it in his mind, and it's only when he sees the body again when it becomes actually real to him.
2: On some level, the entire first chapter can be interpreted as, like, everybody involved just wants to wake up from a bad dream. Like, nobody thinks... Like, there is... People think it's real. People know it's real, but they don't want to think about it. And so a lot of the, like, stuff that doesn't add up gets chalked away to, well, obviously Makoto did it because... Fuck, I don't want to think about... I don't want to dwell on this. Um, So, um, real quick, I...
0: It's interesting for me to kind of go back here because, you know, I... I just kind of flew through the investigation phase because, um, you know, I've played this before and I I went around and talked to a bunch of people. Jen, uh, how was it for you revisiting this crime scene?
1: Uh? Well, it's... It's slightly different than... Well, it's slightly different than I remembered it because it's a little bit smoother in later games, but, um... Mainly, they organize everything pretty well so you can, um you you don't miss anything before you're told you can move on which is nice like um you can basically it it basically makes sure you see every single detail of the room before you're told to get out of that yeah room. and
3: there's also there's also that that mechanic that makes it that like every interactable point yeah, in the I like room is highlighted you
0: yeah, know on the Vita version it's you click the L button and it pops up with these handy dandy little circles it's Honestly, great, because you're not, like, pixel hunting.
3: Yeah, I I, I do really like that the game, like, very much wants you to have all the evidence.
1: I think this is around the time when the investigation music comes on, too. Box 15 by uh, Masafumi Takata, and it's probably my favorite song in the whole series because it's very- it has this very chill, catchy mood to it while also- it it creates a good sense that you're supposed to be investigating things here, while also feeling a bit off-kilter with the, like, somewhat asynchronous, um, rhythm going on here.
0: Yeah, I- god, I- it's- it's so, so effective. Um- Again, this is really when, like, I I think it's during this and during the trial phases in which Masafumi Takata really, like, leaves his mark as a composer in this game.
3: So I, I suppose that also, like, during this investigation, it's also kind of when Dagon starts to get, like,
0: actually distinct. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because for a while, you've you've, you've been kind of playing, like, a sort of, you know, like, other Visual novels have done this stuff, you know? Um but anyway, so you have a really effective scene in the bathroom where the kind of reality of the situation sinks in for Makoto. And we get possibly the funniest clue in the entire franchise, 11037.
2: Oh my fucking god. (laughs) (laughs) 11037
0: Listen, listen. I would like to. I know that it's literally
2: only a, like. It's literally only dumb for us because we speak English.
0: I listen. I understand that when you see one one zero three seven and the little streak, and as an English speaking audience, you're like, huh, huh.
2: Who's Noel,
0: yeah, also
2: beyond Kuata having an extremely normal one right now,
3: yeah, like it, it 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 like becomes like glaringly obvious when when Kyoko says to you, "Oh, have you thought about how she must have written them? She must have written them by turning only her hand to the wall,
0: yeah, it's definitely a Babby's first you know uh crime investigation.
2: I think I think the game gets away with it because it's a tut- it, like this is very obviously the god I don't want to say the tutorial murder kind of is but it very much is like this is very much your training wheels murder investigation. This is a murder investigation for babies. It's largely just there to get us used to the mechanics, right?
0: Yeah. Now, Jen, you and I have played a bunch of investigation visual novels. The first case is always kind of like this, huh?
1: Yeah. It's basically a Phoenix Wright one situation where they In that first case, they straight up show you the killer, so there's no doubt at all. And uh, it's very much one of those things where, throughout this case, they're teaching you the mechanics as you run into them.
0: Yeah, and also, again, this was originally a Japanese game. This release didn't even make it to the States till years later. To a Japanese audience, I think the puzzle would have been slightly more difficult, but even then, it's still, like, kind of not quite there. Don't they usually teach you,
3: like, like Romani in Japanese school?
0: They do. It's just that, um, well, from my experience of living over there, some pe- folks look at English as just something that you learn in high school. Like, the same way American students sometimes think about French or Spanish as something, that as a class they sort of take.
2: Also the name Leon specifically I feel might be a little bit more a roundabout for Japanese audiences because it's spelled in English well it's spelled internationally as L E O N but the E makes a long like an E sound and well typically in you know in the way E is taught internationally is as making an S sound like how it's pronounced you know in According to its like French origins, Leon.
0: That being said, he's having an extremely normal one, and uh, you mentioned that you tried to talk to him after, uh, like, outside of the room, in the hallway. In the hallway after the murder.
3: Yeah. Um. Did you try like, like, like fiddling with with this room door?
0: He's like, oh, no, 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 don't touch it. Yeah, he no, got
2: do, no, like, no, no, really Yeah, like, a- a- like, like,
3: he just comes running
2: yeah you said su- yeah you suggested it and he also, was ooh.
3: also there's the fact that like after after you leave um the murder scene like he's just kind of awkwardly hovering a couple doors down yeah
2: he's very much like man is extremely trying to look casual
0: while like Hand on his hip.
2: interfering with the investigation there's a
0: joke in the uh rompa abridged thing on youtube in which they superimpose a hello my name is leon like, fucking name tag on him. Him going, No, oh, I wonder who did it. Yeah,
1: and the name tag is... The name tag is just the... Written out blood, bloody letters, except with the color removed.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, as you go into this hallway uh you meet perpetual trash man Hifumi because you realize that there is a clue p- potentially in the trash disposal room and unfortunately our our good friend Hifumi is the one who has the key, so we have to talk to him to get the key. And um when so, as I've mentioned before, I'm playing this on Vita. It's a relatively older game, and it ran fine. Like literally when I was playing this years ago, I never ran into a single bug when playing um Danganronpa like years ago right I've been playing it recently and my Vita appears to be haunted because when I went into the trash room with Hifumi I ended up in a blank void of a space that I could walk around and welcome
2: to the trash void I
0: was in the trash void and the only thing in there was uh Hifumi
2: and I could not interact with Hifumi but I could not run away (laughs) I, I so so here's my theory I think that's diegetic Uh, Hifumi lives in the trash room, and he draws his prey in from the outside into his personal void, like a fucking trapdoor spider. That's Hifumi. (laughs) Hifumi Yamada. All day, every day. Be eating them twinks.
0: Yeah, but once I restarted, once I saved and restarted the game, um, things came back to normal. I controlled, uh, Hifumi's stand, um, and got things back into normal. And, uh, you learn a couple details about the trash room
2: yeah <laughs> we learn couple. um so there was a shattered crystal ball and a like torn burnt sleeve uh in there and now i know dragonropa did doesn't do like this wasn't done but i feel like it would have been like way better if they had a bigger budget is to have multiple changes of clothing for the characters and to have leon not wearing his white shirt like, cause I feel like on some level that would be like, that would be a little, that would be a little bit of an interesting nod. I don't know. This might be, a, this might be a big digression that we need to cut out, but.
0: A little, well, I, I just know that during the trial they bring up, hey, a bunch of us wear white shirts.
2: That, that is brought up and I think it would have been a little bit, I think, cause, and I, yeah, I, also I, I initially interpreted Leon's white shirt as a jacket, like as like a leather, like, I think you know, it is. I,
0: I'm. Not sure, Leon's. That, we can talk about it. Alan. Wouldn't
2: burn if it was his. God, fuck Leon's entire ensemble. What a <laughs> shitty boy. What a shitty, stinky, normal.
3: Yeah, like 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 the shirt that it, it looks like it's covered in normal blood.
2: Yeah, like not like pig blood, just like
3: actual up. blood.
2: Just just throw this fucking man into the throw this entire fucking man into the incinerator. Just start. Just just drop him into the primordial soup and start anew. I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't like him. Yeah.
0: Uh, so one quick thing, um, and I like this detail quite a bit, is uh, when you learn the one one zero three seven clue, you can actually like ask other characters about it. And I went back into the room with um, where Junko was uh, killed because Chihiro, sweet baby child, decided to stay behind because she didn't want she Chih- she didn't want Junko to be alone. Which, that was sweet of her. And you ask her, yeah, and you ask her, hey, uh, Chihiro, does 11037 mean anything to you? You're a nerd, right? Like, what, is, what does this mean? She's like, God, I I no clue. Um, And also, you then talk to Hagakuri about that uh crystal ball, which wasn't crystal ball, it was made oh, of yeah. it glass. Was made of it was made of, was made of crystal, glass, I don't...
2: And he bought it for a million dollars. I fucking love... Like I (laughs) love like this was one of the things where I know it's goofy and I know it's kind of like almost uncharacteristically silly, but it really was an effective like, oh hey, you know Hagakure is a like just he's a stupid goofy boy and I it's and it's it came off as way more endearing than grading, and it's very like that's a very tough yeah thread especially in a drama. Jen,
0: you know this like Hagakure as a character is all. This is kind of like his character for the whole series, huh?
2: Yeah, he's
1: kind of just a doofus who wanders around and gets himself into very unfortunate situations.
2: It's it's pretty great.
0: Chapter three has a really funny one. I can't wait to get to that one.
2: So let's talk about one more clue, and that is uh, Sayaka Maizono's, uh motive video, and that was that was way way worse than I was expecting. Like I was expecting it to be. I was kind of expecting it to be like a kind of a more like slow burny. Oh hey, you know, all of your friends are succeeding without you, and they don't, and they hardly notice you're gone. And Mike and Amano which is straight up rolled in, was like, "Oh no, I fucking murked him, or did I? Guess you'll find out after you do a murder."
3: I do, I do, I do kind of love the the, like, ridiculous find-out-after-graduation font that they use. Like, it, it, it's it got, like, stars in it. Like, it's it, its very much, like, the kind of thing that would be found in, like, a cheap advertisement for, like, a video store or something.
0: Or it's, like, one of the default settings in, like, your video editing program.
3: Yeah, like, it, it, it's a very Windows Movie Maker kind of effect.
1: It's also worth mentioning that the... The door labels, uh, when you actually get out and take a look at the room, it's like, huh, um, this isn't supposed to be labeled this way, because on your door it has Saika's name, and on
2: Saika's door it has your name. Yeah, they're switched. So, we all know the result of uh stuff. Do you want to cut straight to the trial? Like, smash cut to the trial and talk?
0: Was there anything else in the investigation that we wanted to bring up?
2: I kind of want to
3: talk about how, um, I do really like how, like, how like there's a lot of ambiguity to Hifumi at this point. Like, it's kind of hard to tell if if he actually assisted in the murder or if he, or 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 if he's just completely unaware of it. Like, I was kind of conflicted on it, but I kind of ended up thinking that he wasn't culpable in it because he seemed like way too proud of himself. Yeah,
0: and quoting Shawshank Redemption.
2: This was this was kind of this was kind of out of game knowledge, but I feel like Hifumi. Didn't I uh, wasn't associated with the murder at all, if only because he's the exact sort of character who would stick around way long. At, he would like he's definitely the sort of character that would survive. I feel like he would. St- he's he's at least going to stick around until like mid game.
0: Hmm. Jen, I I have not seen Shawshank Redemption in a very long time. When is the Shawshank Redemption fucking reference? And it's fucking bizarre.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. I need to pull it up for a second because it was definitely one of those things that caught me off guard. Let me see. But yeah, he's basically when you're in the trash room and you're talking to
0: his domain.
1: Yeah, it's very much a Hufumi's thing, and of course he's he's basically the nerd of the game, right? So he he has a bunch of ready-made quips to go whenever he's around people, but usually they're not. Usually they're not references to. Uh, you wouldn't expect it to be a reference to a nineteen nineties um, live action movie with him, especially an
0: American yeah. film. Yeah. I feel like that is definitely something that they added in translation. I, 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 I'm really curious at some this. This project is making me interested, and maybe we'll do a side episode on this. But like, I want to go in and play the original ass Japanese version and like see what I can glean from it. Like, just load it onto my like. Either get a copy or something and load it onto my PSP and see how it goes. But also, uh, one last thing about a is that, like, I do. I is that like
3: I do really like how how like when when you ask him about it, like he says that oh it just so happens. Monokuma talked to me yesterday and asked me to take care of it. Like I was gonna start this morning, but after what happened, I haven't had a chance to get started like 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 that too that that kind of felt like like oh yeah this this feels like kind of a planted lead that monokuma set down also like when you're going into the trash room like if seems very proud of it he, he seems
0: very proud to have been chosen to do a job
2: he is very proud to be the trash man mm-hmm.
0: it kind of honestly reminds me when i um so i used to work in japan and I was a kindergarten teacher. And little kids love it when you give them a job to do. And it's so weird to be like, I don't like me, but in this particular moment, it's actually kind of charming in how simple he kind of is. And then he mentions about digging for, like, like, he says some shit about 2D and, like, figurines, and I instantly hate him again. <laughs> I I honestly kind of love Fufu maybe just
3: because he is the worst fucking human being on the planet. Yeah, but 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 like but like he's also very straightforward about being the worst human being on the planet.
0: Yeah,
2: put this boy back on Reddit where he belongs
0: with his fucking upvote downvote tie. So after you gather all the clues, uh, Monokuma chimes in. And he says, uh, "I'm getting a little bored now. Can we get this thing on the road?" And um, you get. And, and which is, I do appreciate that in these games that they never let you go into a trial feeling like feeling like you don't have all the clues because that'd be shitty to be like, oh, you missed a clue. You can't complete the game. um. So he announces it and you get that ominous fucking walk to the red door. And I love this walk so much. It's such a simple and effective, like game mechanic thing. Like, they could have just teleported you straight to inside the elevator room, right? They could have gotten you just straight to the trial room. But I love the fact that it plants you several meters outside of the big ominous red door that you have been passing back and forth. And if you've tried to interact with it, you can't open it, you can't do anything with it. And then it's like, oh, I have to go in here, and I know shit is about to go down.
3: Also, I really like that it that like when you open the red door it just it just leads to like an elevator room
2: yeah it definitely felt like it felt like walking to an execution i mean it definitely felt like walking to an execution um and then the elevator itself like it subverts its own like dramatic build up and then it pays it off uh but it like it's it, the subversion kind of builds into this idea of Manokuma just really being here to fuck with you, like it's a dingy, shitty elevator, and then you go down it, and there's a lavish courtroom, and he's it—it kind of shows where his priorities lie. This entire school sucks, except for the places where the murders happen.
3: Yeah, I really, I really like how like you get on this elevator, and it just takes you into somewhere that's just completely terra incognita. Like, you have no idea where you're going, just that you're going somewhere.
0: Yeah, it's like the final lingering thing before it cuts to the trial proper is this really incredible shot. It's a vertical shot where, and you'll be seeing this, uh, it'll be revisited throughout the game, is you see every single cast member going down into it. And I forget the words, but definitely felt like, you know, characters are feeling like they are descending into hell they're descending into something that is going to be incredibly unpleasant
3: yeah because like you very much are like you you you've opened the red the red door with like the very harsh red lighting and now you're going somewhere that you don't know yeah
2: you're going into the unknown to do a trial where you are told that at least one person is very thoroughly and very explicitly going to not come back from like if you don't get this person all of you are going to die and if you do get this person they're gonna fucking die
0: so with that in mind we set our skills and we get ourselves ready we're going to take a quick break and then we are going to discuss the trial of danganronpa chapter one it's me your ultimate host Kyrie I hope you are enjoying episode two of ultimate despair reprise it's a labor of love and I can't do it without your support and the support of my co-hosts uh Jennifer Jackie and Inez thank you all so so much for coming on us with this journey it just it means the world to me I've been so proud of this project and I hope to keep going. Got a few shoutouts. First and foremost, huge thanks to Scanline Media for hosting this podcast. Six and Jen have been working so hard for years on this site and they deserve your support. Go to ScanlineMedia.com for all their latest in articles, podcasts, and other just good, good stuff. Six and Allen just started a new podcast called the Johto Quorum. Uh, that sounds great. I'm gonna listen to it after I'm done editing uh, this thing. Uh, Also, if you give Scanline Media uh, those good, good Patreon dollars, you get access to an exclusive podcast called Oops All Anime, where Jen and Six and Rotating Guests watch new and old anime and give you just the hottest of anime takes. I'm occasionally a host, uh, a co-host on there. You should uh, give it a listen, you know, just saying, give it a listen. Huge thanks to Vetrom for letting us use uh, their Danganronpa remixes for the music on this show. Go to youtube.com slash Projects and have a listen to all their hot remixes. They're so good, y'all. Give them a listen and support them on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes. Lastly, big thanks to everyone who's been following on Twitter and tweeting about the show. Go to at you, DespairCast on Twitter, and you can follow us for the uh, all the latest updates. You can also send us an email at DespairCast at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email with questions, or if you want us to, I don't know, shout you out on the show, or heck, maybe if this gets popular enough, I could read ads. Who knows? Who knows? Um... But that's all I have for this week. Uh, by episode three, make sure you are doing your homework uh, by playing chapter two, Daily Life of Danganronpa 1, Trigger Happy Havoc. I hope everybody's week is going well. Uh, enjoy the rest of this episode, and I'll talk to y'all next episode. we have returned it is now time for a simple explanation of the class trial
2: figure out who did it that's it Fig- yeah figure out who did it or you fucking die monokuma with a gun <laughs> explains to you he explains
0: that like hey you kid
2: this is my brother gunokuma <laughs> if you displease him in this class trial he will pump you- he will pump you so full of lead you'll be sh- you'll be you'll be able to function as a pencil.
1: So, a fun thing that they introduced right off the bat when the trial starts, um right where uh, there's a total of 16 spots and when we were coming into this, um there's obviously only
2: 15 students. Left. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. There's 13 people left and for the people that are dead, they've put up death portraits, uh... To sh- so, Monokuma's expression is like, well, even in death, friendship should tie us together, so why not put the representation of your dead classmate in the trial?
0: <laughs> also, there's an empty seat. Don't fucking worry about it. Yeah, there's don't fucking worry seat. about it.
2: Not suspicious at all.
0: Not suspicious at all. Uh, again, uh, Vita bug report. Uh, when I first loaded in this trial, the death portraits were loaded in as big white boxes.
2: Yeah, hey, Kiri, why are you playing on piece of shit Vita. Because it has my old save yeah, file. Yeah, I think your Vita is
3: haunted.
0: It's haunted yeah, by Hufuma. Kiri,
2: Kiri, it's it's a fucking Vita in twenty nineteen.
0: The Vita's good.
2: Yeah, to yeah, be I clear, clear I'm also playing my
0: Neo on the Vita
2: Dio.
0: <laughs> <laughs> So, um this is where we are introduced to the first several instances of full voice acting. So, Jackie and Ez, what were your thoughts on finally hearing these characters
2: speak complete sentences? I I liked them. Um, I I can I maintain that uh, I would I would take a bullet for uh, Kyoko Kirigiri. Um, and also most uh, also uh, like Sakura Ogami wouldn't need it, but I would take a bullet for her too. Of course, Aoi Asahina. Basically, uh, Kirigiri opens the trial by basically asking
0: listen, are the results going to be fair? Or like will you, if we ask you, Monokuma, the results and we give an answer, will you tell us the correct answer? And he says yeah, basically. <laughs> Which instills a great amount of confidence in Kirigiri although I don't think anybody should be trusting this bear. Um, So One thing that I rather like at the beginning of the trial, first off, Ishimaru goes, all right, everybody close your eyes and whoever did it, raise your hand. It was, it was a valiant attempt. He, he tried. I don't even
2: know what he was going for because it's like, if everybody closes their eyes. (laughs) Listen, don't fucking worry about it. The 16th student will figure it out.
3: Oh yeah, we Listen, we haven't
2: we haven't mentioned the empty
3: sixteenth uh, stand yet.
2: We we very briefly glazed over it with a "Don't fucking worry about it." Hey, hey y'all, I'm fucking worrying about it. Don't worry about it. The sixteenth student is the murderer. Is the thing like, hey, Jen, well, not Jen. the murderer in this trial, but the murderer in general. Jen, trust
0: them. They they don't have to worry about it just tell hey, him, I, tell them hey tell him, jen, so hey you don't have to worry the way you're
2: it. saying that makes me worry very specifically don't, about don't that don't worry about it it's fine <laughs> hey 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 i'm not worried about it but don't let me tell it. you let me tell you that is exactly the sort of shit that the mysterious 16th murder student would say
3: are you saying that Kyrie is the
2: mysterious 16th murder student i'm saying kiri and jen have been are are the masterminds of us being trapped in this fucking school oh, uh, and having it. to podcast until we die or murder each other? Oh, well,
0: we'll reveal that at a later season. So, uh I actually really like how this trial initially starts because what for one thing, all these seats is uh everybody is facing one, one, one a ah. when Everybody is looking directly at each other. It's in like a pretty much complete circle. It's a theater in the round style. Yeah, and it's really interesting because it's not like a traditional court where there'd be like, you know, two benches and there's everybody's appealing to the judge. It's very directly. You have to look at everybody and you get some really cool camera effects because here's where the game actually starts like taking advantage of the fact that it was made on a system that could do 3D graphics. So, like, they do these really cool camera swoops, and when you get into the instances of everybody talking over each other, um, they do some really, really cool stuff. But story-wise, I like that Makoto's first priority is getting the heat off of him, instead of necessarily finding the killer. Because, as we established earlier, everybody's like, oh, it happened in Makoto's room, it's totally Makoto. And it it kind of makes it believable at that point that he would miss such an obvious clue like 11037 because he is so dead set on making sure people don't think he's the murderer.
2: Uh yeah, I, I think that's that's a very um that's that's a very compelling it, thing. I don't and think it necessarily works, works, but it, it's what I think is what it's going for. I mean, you know, like, yeah, like, I respect it more for what it's attempting than what it actually does. Um, and one of the things that I really like is that, like, um, this, like, this game, the, the game part, which I actually did not enjoy at all, um, is, v- works very well in the tutorial as a Makoto Naegi will die if you don't succeed because everybody thinks it's him, clear your name. You know, uh, and then and then like as the mechanics shift, as they change and the mini games kind of flip about, uh, it's more, it's less clearing, it's less defending yourself and more going on the offense and actually getting the purse, the uh, the suspect, which um, I think worked out. I think you know, thematically very interesting, mechanically I'd rather tear my own eyes out. <laughs>
0: I I I like how the mechanics work. I, I found... listen. The
2: only thing more brutal than than me um, is like the the only thing more brutalized by this game than me is uh the suspect of this murder. I,
3: I found the the trial mini games to be really obnoxious. Like, yeah, I, they were I, very. I couldn't even figure out how to do like the rhythm game one without like. Now
2: you get to Kari put together a comic me. book.
3: Yeah, like I I, fa- I found the mini games to be like more distracting than anything else. Like it, it it made them it made it kind of hard to focus on what was happening in the trial. Because I because I was playing
2: this this stupid mini game from here on out. I am I'm very tempted to use like. You know, once I do all the stuff, once I get all the info for the trials and everything, to just like use a guide. <laughs> I'm sorry, that feels. I, I feel that feels like a cop out, but at the same time, it's like I, I want to engage with the narrative, and I feel like most people aren't playing Danganronpa because they like the idea of like sh- shooting letters to form a word.
0: Or here's the you know, thing. Here's the thing. Jen, I don't know how you feel about this, but I actually love the mechanics of Danganronpa quite a bit. I do too, yeah. Yeah, so the thing I like is, um, so, most of the time during the trial, you get into what's called, like, um, I think it's called panic talk action. Or, no, no, panic talk action is the later one. It's, like, basically, like, a thing comes up on screen, it says, state your argument. And they do this really cool thing where, one, the camera is swinging around, and Now, if you've ever played Ace Attorney, you kind of go through people's statement line by line, and then you look for the contradiction, and you look for a piece of evidence that can contradict it, right? And Dagen Rampa, you get truth bullets loaded into your chamber, and you fucking have to shoot them down. So I don't think there's necessarily an expression in Japanese as, like, shooting someone down, but it, it is really interesting that, like, you know, this game being translated, they have literalized in mechanics, you know, when you shoot someone down or cut somebody off, you know?
1: It it gets a lot better in later trials when you have more bullets to work with and more contradictions, but, um, or at least more potential contradictions, but I enjoy having to, I enjoy typically listening to the, um, statements, like, two or three times, because it gives an idea of what the characters are like, in the harder ones anyway, and um, you really get to think about the situation, and depending on the way that, depending on the situation, and um, exactly what they're saying, you can start deducing, are they trying to cover it up, or are they just saying something really silly? And if they're saying something really silly, it's easy to go, okay, this person probably didn't do it, they're just a little too gung-ho. But if they are saying something that's clearly wrong, and is something that they could probably, they would probably know themselves. Then you can start to go, okay, I, I think I'm onto you. And there's this brilliant moment whenever you get the contradiction right, especially in the first case, where this track starts playing called a uh, Class Trial Solar Edition. Perfectly captures
2: the mood of,
1: okay, the tables have turned now, and I'm a Koda and I'm telling you what's what.
2: Thematically, this is a very interesting mechanic. Um, actually engaging with it though, it was clunky, in my opinion. It didn't like the the sentences kind of floated about lazily. This might just be because it was the tutorial. But if the sentence, the, as the character spoke, their dialogue kind of floated around lazily on the screen. And once I've like, got, once I figured out, oh, that's not you know relevant to the discussion, or that's not a thing that I could shoot down, I have to wait for them to finish talking, wait for somebody to finish their next non-interactable line, wait for the one that I want to, do, wait for the one that I need to interact with. I click it and it's done. Ski. And then the next one shows up, but it just kind of lines these shots up for you. And it's it's just, it's it's not engaging, and it's not, you know, it doesn't feel, like, I'd say it feels the closest to actually, like, it's the most engaging of the minigames, and it is it's not very engaging. And I still feel like it's one of those things where, on paper, it adds a lot. I feel like it would have been, if they could figure out a way to just fold it into regular visual novel, like, stylings, it would have been just as effective without being as much of a uh, as much of like a dead weight yeah Um,
3: i uh, when i was playing through the trial i I felt very rushed in part because i think i think of the big time limit even if it's like extremely generous
2: then and i think i think the two I, i think the uh shooting the letters part like when we had to shoot the word hair and then like the rhythm game shit was, the former was was pretty goddamn bad because it made it It really hammered in like oh hey, Makoto Naegi is a fucking moron. Like it made like, but that's like that's funny when I say it, but when it gets when it's trying to get you into his headspace, it felt it like it was, it it made me antsy I guess is it, is what I would say like it made me not want And the rhythm game was some inscrutable, like, stupid bullshit. Just cut it out entirely. There was no reason that I have to shout my points at Leon Kuwata to get him to vote himself murderer. Like, everybody else—like, at that point, everybody already knows he did it. There's no reason for there to be a boss battle. There just needs to be a scene—like, you could cut straight to the scene where everybody else goes, Leon, we know you killed her, and then, bam, he gets executed.
1: Yeah, but I think that there's a I think you need to prove beyond the shadow of a doubt that this is the right thing because we're talking about everyone's lives on the line. Yes, so you have to Yes,
2: absolutely. And we are pr- and like the sequence there is proving it, but there is no reason for there to be that like ri- that rhythm game mechanic there. Like that that feels like filler. It feels like play DDR so you can continue.
3: Yeah, like like when I got to the, like the rhythm game part, I it extremely pulled me out of it because like i had to ask for help from y'all to figure out how to play this mini game like i i I tried it like three or four times myself and i got really frustrated which super pulled me out of
0: it i guess the only thing that i have to say like well one two things um that i'll be saying this a lot they do it better in the later games and two uh to jen's point it's like you really do kind of have to you know prove not only beyond a shadow of a doubt but like kind of shoot him down because i because you have to get everybody kind of like on your side but i guess for me it's just i it's it's giving a, a it's that moment in the ace attorney game when the um when the uh, person who did it is breaking down and you're the one that has to break them down that being said i think one later in this game they do introduce some more interesting things with it but they do make it better in later games i i, I guess i'll just say for now like don't necessarily write the mechanics off but hey they're rough it's like the first ga- it's the first game in the series they're a little rough um but imagine trying to do it on a
2: circle on like a fucking on the PSP uh, nub. <laughs> um. I feel like what I would have done, I mean, I feel like what I, what would have been more effective for me personally, as instead of the, like, rhythm game and comic book stuff, would be if after you get, or after you beat down all the other arguments, it loads all of your truth bullets in, and you end, it runs you through, like, almost, a, like, not just, rephrase it not just a rephrased version of those questions but it runs you rapid fire of leon kuata coming up with his excuses for like oh i didn't do it because this and then you go no you did it because that wasn't like that and i that would have been i felt that that would have been a more like direct that would have been a better quote-unquote boss battle than him saying no and you saying yes oh, that's
0: kind of why i feel like the ending part is for but anyway we've We've gotten a little sidetracked talking about the mechanics. Let's let's talk, let's shift focus back onto the story. So, as we've obviously implied, uh, Leon Kawada is the one who Dundang did it. Um, but first, like, you have to get the heat off of Makoto, right? And one of the main things as to why they think Makoto did it is because it was it, the uh, crime happened in his room, but um you have to prove a few other things. Um,
2: what were some of the moments of the story that kind of stuck out to y'all? So Saika's plot was fucking interesting. She, so she got the motive video, which we brushed upon uh, earlier, and she um, immediately hatched this plan to kill Leon and frame Makoto. And that was, the, I think, the fact that figuring that out for um makoto and being in his headspace during that sequence um is like heart is like gut-wrenching
3: yeah um I, I i think the writing in this part like really well it like like in the in the trial and and um the deadly life and like daily life and stuff like it, it really establishes like like a very good sense of like of of, of dramatic irony where where you, the person reading the visual novel, have probably figured out that that something's fishy, but Makoto hasn't. That's like very narratively satisfying.
0: Yeah, Jen, what was it like for you on this revisit?
1: Um. Well, in the context of the preview of the later games, um, there's this nice sense that. This is the case that more or less establishes Makoto's character. Like he's put in one of the roughest situations imaginable. Not only did his uh an old classmate of his, a classmate that he had a crush on, get killed in a brutal way, but he has to confront the facts that, in order to prove himself innocent, he has to show how this woman was essentially guilty. Not only not only guilty of trying to kill the person who eventually. Killed her instead, but also that she had essentially set it up so that it would frame him. And it's essentially right off the gate, it's a test of faith and character for Makoto because he has to deal with some of the heaviest things imaginable all at once, and he more or less comes out of it screaming and doing his best to protect everyone, and it he essentially finds strength in sussing out the truth, and that's an important part of him. Especially um, towards the end of the
2: case, but I can, I can leave that part for later. This is a very rough case. I think the thing that really uh, hit me the hardest um, was, like, 11307 was a stupid, very, very goofy-ass hint. And this game sticks the landing on it, and I thought that was incredible. It's, it is, it is such an incredible turnaround from what I thought it was going to be, where it's like Sayaka, like, the idea, when is like, oh, hey, this is Sayaka's last will, like, she, she knew, she fucked up, like, she was desperate, and she, and she did this, and she didn't really understand the consequences of what she was going to do, she just knew that she was afraid, and that she had to do something to get out, um, and she was going to pin it on you, because, well, hey, she likes you but she likes not being here better and then she realizes that like in her last moments you know you are still you are going to be blamed for her death and she tries and she does what she can to exonerate you so you can find the real killer and basically gives you the final nail in Leon Kuata's coffin and that is just straight up like the The game explains this way more eloquently and way more effectively than I did. And the fact that this is like, it is it is a send off to the character. It's it's a good sequence. I love the fact that
0: Dangramba sets up this idea that oh Sayaka might is just kind of the innocent one, like on the on the surface, and then it shows that like no, she had the intent to kill but then even then in her like you mentioned in her final moments she gave the the critical piece of evidence to exonerate you and save everybody that was so fucking good and this is the like for a first case in a like this case is really good at showing what i really love about this franchise it's it's really effective
1: The point I was trying to make about Makoto earlier, there's a moment uh, towards the end where Kirigiri's like, it's going to be really hard for you, but um, I aim to cope with this, but you'll, there are ways to, uh, you seem like the kind of person who can get over someone's death. And Makoto says, no, I'm not going to get over this. I'm going to carry my dead classmates with me in spirit for the rest of my life. And I'm going to use that energy to get us out of this mess. And that's like that's the kind of person Makoto is. He doesn't take the easy road through this. He keeps the pain with him instead of, um, instead of trying to find ways to excise it. And he uses it as a driving force to do the right thing for everyone around him. He's he's kind of like a he's like kind of like an empathetic superhero in that way.
3: Yeah, like after like after Makoto tells tells Kyoko that like Kyoko says like. Oh, you 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 chose the hard road.
2: Yeah, he uh, so he takes on that hard path. Um, there is of course um, Leon Kawada's execution, which is exceptionally brutal, and I like that the the reaction to the well, it's less that the it's less the brutality of it. Danganronpa isn't very leering with it; it's very straightforward, and like this happened. And then it turns to the, the camera at the people who experienced it secondhand, who are watching it, and are very much like appalled by it, and and it's le- the it's in it's it's interesting. It's a very it's a very interesting way, and it's way more graceful than I was expecting the series to do it with. Um, this isn't this isn't to say I had low hopes, but they but like what I was thinking have been uh, my hopes have been exceeded.
0: Uh, that's great like I I, so it's kind of funny like Leon Kawada's like uh, punishment is one all the punishments are of course like weird and ironic he gets hit by a thousand baseballs at like a thousand miles per hour and it's so interesting how this punishment goes from creepy and bizarre and scary to funny to back to absolutely horrifying in the span of like mm. 30 seconds or so like um and i also love the track that they use and this is the track they use for every execution um i'll add it in here and it's just so good at being at, at getting you into the right headspace of this is weird and horrifying and bizarre and i don't know how to process this and
2: yeah it definitely sells the horrifying aspect of like monokuma being a jokey mascot character who is killing these char- who's killing these like kids in ironic goofy ways but like this is happening and in this in within the text this is all a very serious business ordeal. yeah
0: it, it's very telling that like the final shots of that execution is more on the reactions of the rest of the cast Rather than, you know, leering at Leon's dead body, who is, there's this really beautiful shot of, like, the final baseball covered in blood. This, like, core, this, like, weird, like, I don't want to say angelic harmony comes on, but, like, this bizarre sound comes through and you see this silhouette of this dead body, you know, covered in blood. It's, it's very affecting. But, bye Leon we we hardly knew ye lion leon ultimate jobber
2: ultimate normal one <laughs> um
3: now it's up to okay. us to take down umbrella
2: yes yeah, so he um so he eats shit and you know he dies of course this uh so i um because y'all actually liked him and this is a minor thing i t- i accidentally said it earlier but uh, I uh, went back and replayed the daily life of chapter one so I could interact so I could interact with Leon and I I only dislike him more is the thing like holy shit I like wh- how do you like him he's a piece of shit he is like he is he is a big league two piece of shit and I guess that's because like and I get it that he's like a dumb kid it's it's more that he's like a dumb kid but he's definitely the sort of dumb kid. He's definitely the sort of dumb kid who would do murder. Like, it's definitely, it's, you know, we spend time with him, and he's, like, very much an entitled, you know, born with a silver spoon in his mouth. You know, oh, yeah, you know, you don't have to be good at music if you if you pick the right genre. If you play punk, you don't actually have to know how to play. You can just, I can just get all, like, I get girls all the time because I'm super talented. And he's, like, a douche about it. He's just a douche. And... You know, when you spend time with him, like, you know, you throw you like, you know, you play catch with him and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, wait, do I, you actually play catch? with Yeah, time? you play catch with him in his room. And it was one cool. of those moments where it's like where it's the actual only thing I liked about spending time with him is that moment of vulnerability where it like dies down. But then he puts then he like does that. Sh- then he just like does that shit again. Like, he just it goes right back to being Leon, and he is such a fucking douche.
0: I um, think it's one of those things where he has a good initial impression, but I never really liked him because, like, of my future knowledge of him being, like, Sayaka's murder kind of bleeding into, like, any current read I have of the character. Um, that's true, the thing, but, like, yeah. knowing him a
2: murderer didn't make me even hate him. Knowing he's a murderer didn't even make me hate him more. It just made me be like, "Oh yeah, you know, like a guy who looks like this would be."
3: Yeah, for for me, it it, it was kind of just like, yeah, he, he made like a really good first impression, but then it, it was just it was just kind of a it, it was just kind of a slow decline down in how much I liked him until trial. Um. Though I guess, I guess that that does sort of make sense because he 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 is like a baseball star. He he would be very used to like shallow meet and greets and stuff like that. I imagine.
0: Yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, Jen, what was your impression of Leon after this?
1: Um, uh, well, it was one of those things where in our previous episode, you probably heard me. Be a little bit defensive towards him because he—it's—it's—it was obvious in the replay that he was just a—he was just a kid going through his sort of edgier phase when he was trying to figure himself out. But um, here was one of the situations where it was like, okay, this person is still trying to go along with getting me framed, and every time that he, every time that he just piled on or tried to be like, yeah, you seem real guilty. It was like, oh come on, dude, D- don't make me feel. Don't make me feel good about putting you in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really think of I don't really think of him as a villain. I just think of him as a someone who I I think of some him as someone who got really carried away in the moment. Like a lot and of these he students, did murder
2: he did murder somebody.
1: He did, but he got he almost got murdered first. So I think there's a I think there's something to be said about that. I
3: I I feel like one of the very important points of Dagon Rumpa is that. Is that the kids who murder people aren't actually like villains? Exactly. They're 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 kids forced to kill each other.
2: Oh, I mean, they are, but they could have stopped any time. Celeste at, at the point where Leon's like, Oh, you know, any of you could've like, it was self defense, it wasn't murder, Celeste kinda looks him in the eye and says, Hey. She was locked in a bathroom cowering in fear of you the knife was outside the sword outside there was nothing she could do to you from in there going back in and finishing the job was entirely your decision
0: the line is you had countless opportunities to stop this and it's such a good line
2: yeah, it's it's a real like like granted. I think of course like like when I say uh, you know I kind of joke. It's a bit of an exaggeration when I say he's a villain. He's not really you know he's again you know as y'all have said he's a dumb kid who is being who you know dumb edgy teen being put through something very stressful. But he, at any point he could have said no. I'm not going to do this. At any point, they could have subdued... He could have, you know, subdued her non-lethally. He could have, you know, called a quick meeting, said, hey, Sayaka tried to murder me. Let's, like, not let her do that. He could have done something, could have behaved, or he could have behaved reasonably. And he didn't. And that's why we ended Chapter 1 with him dead, and that's why we ended Chapter 1 with three corpses.
0: Yeah, basically. And Yep. and i really love the ending of this chapter because um genuine mentioned that like Kiyo uh kirigiri says something about like oh you've chosen to take the hard road um what was the thing that gets him to say something about being him being really intuitive
1: what Mizuno kept joking around being like uh um she just kept guessing what he was going what he was thinking and being like haha I'm not I'm psychic but really I just have good intuition and um at the end of the chapter someone else um oh yeah it's um Kirigiri yeah um he does something similar to her essentially and as the screen fades to black he ends it which is saying like I just have really good intuition
0: yeah it's a great throwback it's a great callback it's just a great way to in that chapter, you know, and as Jackie, what are what are your thoughts as we come to the close of the first chapter of Danganronpa One?
2: Um. Well, I think the uh, title of ultimate top ever passes on. Uh, <laughs> what once was Sayaka's is now. I was gonna say. I was gonna say it goes to Makoto, but you know it doesn't. Very obviously, it does not. <laughs> Kirigiri kind of snatches it out. Um, yeah. Also, uh, I'm I'm obligated to say this because I want this to be the title. Uh, that's a brutal. That's that's a brutal executione. No refundo. Leah <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, and Kawada having a very extremely normal one. And as, uh final thoughts on this chapter.
3: Um, it was good. Like, I think there were some like definite missteps in there. Like, maybe most notably the the mini I found those very obnoxious, but other than that, I thought this was a really strong start. Like it, 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 it like kind of reminds me of like, of like the first part of Kaiji, where like, where, 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 where like the reality of the situation just like, just like suddenly and sharply breaks on you and the protagonist.
0: Yeah. Um, Jen, Thoughts on uh, Chapter 1?
1: Yeah, Chapter 1 is... Chapter 1 on Danganronpa 1 is probably one of the stronger starts in the series. Though, so I, I feel like all the Chapter 1s in each game are usually pretty good. This one is one of the better ones of those. And, um, yeah, it's it starts things on a very high note, which is good because we're going to be going through a low note pretty soon.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yep. Um, I like this chapter, I had forgotten again, it's it'd been very fun to kind of go back and relive a lot of this stuff and just getting memories of when I bought you know, like when I first bought Rampa and just started going through this and I think it really was around here in which I thought, yeah, I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna stick through this whole series, like this series, like it cemented itself uh, in, as a very important thing to me you know well that was that was rough well thank you everybody for listening to ultimate despair reprise till next time courts adjourned Hello and welcome to the Ultimate Despair Reprise. The Dangamropa. Uh, oh, God damn it! I fucked up the intro. Cut. God damn it, Kiri. Do you want me to do it? No, no. It's <laughs> no. It's I could. I could do it. It's it's my show. I can. <sighs>